We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, after Saturday's electric performance, Lamar Jackson left some of his biggest national critics with no other choice, Bobby, but to finally sing his praises on television Monday. And two of those critics you're referring to specifically are none other than Shannon Sharp and Richard Sherman, partner. So we're going to share the flowers that they gave QB1 coming right up. We sure will. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Tuesday, January 23rd. And this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, powered by one of this month's small business Patreon title sponsors, SNR Laundry Services, a laundry and dry cleaning pickup slash delivery service in Baltimore and surrounding areas. So visit cleanmylaundry.com to learn more. So a very relaxed, I noticed, John Harbaugh hit the podium on Monday for his weekly press conference. He provided status updates on Mark Andrews and Marlon Humphrey, while also clarifying a few things from his perspective of Lamar's fiery halftime speech over the weekend. We all remember hearing about that postgame. Oh, we sure do. And plus, <laughs> one member of Harbaugh's staff has earned a second interview for the Atlanta Falcons head coaching vacancy. We've got all that more coming up. It's a big week. I hope you're fired up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. We knew there was going to be national reaction. We knew it was going to be coming in droves. Not sure we knew, even though we both believed they had no other option, but not (laughs) sure we knew that both Shannon Sharp and Richard Sherman, in a sense while not walking themselves back from what we watched, they had to eat a little bit of crow on Monday, didn't they? No, they didn't eat any. I don't feel like they ate it. They just gave the praise that was due and pretended like what has been said in the past hasn't been said. So, But we got to give credit where credit's due. They at least got it right after Lamar's performance Saturday. All right. We'll begin with Shannon. He has been unquestionably... Uh, he'll tell you as as even keeled and balanced as it gets when it comes to Lamar. Others feel differently about that. We've always kept receipts for sure, especially since that October conversation that we all remember what the first take hot topic was debate-wise in terms of figuring out if Lamar's worth it or not. Is the, Are the Ravens getting their money's worth to be exact? Well, the question on Monday was, 
what's the best story? What's the best storyline left in this year's playoffs now that we've reached or will reach championship weekend? I thought, look, there are two really, really good stories left out there. You could make an argument that all four teams left have great stories. Look at what Detroit has done. Are you kidding me? I mean, Dan Campbell and Jared Goff has have literally risen that city out of the ashes when it comes to a football perspective, and that's pretty cool. But Shannon, he says unquestionably that Lamar is the best story left, and here's what he had to say. It's Lamar Jackson is not even close. You remember when he came out, you should, you should become a running back. You should be a wide receiver. 31 teams passed on him. It wasn't until Ozzie Newsom in his last draft traded back into the first round to select the man at 32. Guess what happened this offseason, Dan? They had a franchise tag on him and 31 teams. Now, granted, all 31 teams didn't need him. But about 15 teams said we don't need Lamar Jackson. There is no way Lamar Jackson can come into our building and improve our quarterback situation. So they passed on him in the draft and they told him go to wide receiver or go to running back. This offseason, 15 teams passed on him and said, no, we don't get you. But if you remember... They asked Lamar Jackson. They said, Lamar Jackson, what are the Baltimore Ravens going to get out of Lamar Jackson? He stood in front of that camera. He was disappointed because he was a Heisman Trophy winner. He said, they're going to get a bowl out of Lamar. He said, I promise you that. He's one game away from delivering an opportunity to play. Given what he's been through, given all the doubt that, that was surrounding him, some very prominent people that, that put together great championship teams said this young man that was devoid of the talent to play quarterback in the NFL. He needed to become a wide receiver or he needed to become a quarterback. You tell me a better situation where somebody told you you, should, you can't be this and here you are now on the cusp about to win your second MVP, an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, and he was spectacular on Sunday. That's greatness. The, the, what you saw Lamar Jackson do against a very hot Houston Texan team, that's what you needed Josh Allen to do against the Baltimore Ravens, and maybe they're playing Lamar Jackson and not Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson is the best story. I'm laughing at Dan's reaction. So the Dan's body language is so funny. He's like, for those of you in the audio only space, he's like squinting at the camera as if it's like hurting him to listen to how loud Shannon speaks. But uh, I tweeted that video. You tweeted back at the at me the following. There was one missing piece to the puzzle of what Shannon had to say. What was that? Yeah. Well, first off, I want to say this. Everything he just said is true. It's one thousand percent true. And I liked. The passion that came with it, he's like pointing in the camera, right? He's pointing in the camera. He's like, he nailed it all. To your question, what is he missing? Well, if we're talking about storylines, right? And we're talking about him overcoming people telling him he can't do stuff. He was obviously referring to Bill Pullian there. Very prominent. He's saying he's a prominent guy. He's a genius guy. But then he said that Lamar should be a wide receiver. The only part that was missing for me in that was a Hall of Fame tight end who used to play for the Ravens said in October that Lam that the Ravens weren't getting their money's worth <laughs> out of Lamar Jackson. That to me, if we're talking about storylines, that's part of it. So somebody tweeted to me that he took accountability and said he was wrong. And they said it happened in that episode. I went, I got, I went on my YouTube TV. I didn't see it. I could be wrong. If somebody has it, please record it. Send it my way where he, actually took accountability. I've seen him give Lamar a lot of his praise and I'm glad. And and after the way Lamar played, you it's it's like how do you not? Like 
How do you not at this point? You ha- you would have to be a box score watcher and then only the passing part. And you'd have to like push out all his rushing touchdowns and rushing yards. And so to me, that's part of the story. What he's saying is absolutely right. People have been saying he can't do it. People have been saying that he's a running back or a wide receiver. And it's like, holy moly, how is how is the Baltimore Ravens running back? And I'm using air quotes for the audio only people. How is the Ravens running back? better than uh, 31 other quarterbacks in my estimation. The only one that has the lead right now is is Patrick Mahomes based off of what he's done in the Super Bowls, but Lamar has the opportunity to change all of that and go through Patrick Mahomes and create his own legacy. So I I loved everything Shannon said. He just forgot that one chapter, that one chapter of a Hall of Fame Ravens tight end saying he wasn't worth his money, and he showed (laughs) that he is worth his money. Well said. And and this was, uh, speaking of a chapter, a big one in ESPN's history, the divisional playoff game that they broadcast on Saturday between the Ravens and Texans had 31.8 million viewers. That's based on uh, initial reporting from Nielsen ratings. It's ESPN. It's ESPN's most watched NFL game ever. Wow. That includes the playoffs. That includes regular season. And it dates all the way back to 1987. So the reason why I pulled this up, you know, it's relevant because it's the team that we cover, but it's also the Lamar Jackson effect. Yep. Right. And I think in the in the future, you will see, hopefully for John Harbaugh's sake, too, because he's mentioned it many times over the years in this Lamar era. Hopefully, there will be more primetime home games to speak of. I know we don't necessarily love the schedule that comes along with primetime games, (laughs) but the Ravens deserve it, Lamar deserves it, and there deserves to be a ton of different eyeballs globally on this organization based on what they're doing, regardless of what happens next week uh, for the AFC Championship game. Richard Sherman had this to say, we all remember, He has been obsessed with the statistical side of the argument related to this year's MVP, has been on record for for saying that Lamar is not deserving of this year's. There are other candidates out there that are more valuable to their teams, and he looks at the passing yards. He'll look at the volume statistics, which we, as we've noted, no question, are important, but it's not the only thing you have to measure when it comes to looking at Lamar's effectiveness and ultimately how invaluable He's been to this team. With all that said, Sherm gave him his flowers. I think he played uh, probably his most impressive playoff game for sure. Um, I give him a 10 out of 10 for that performance. Uh, you know, especially uh, the way they struggled in the first half. They struggled. I think he had 23 net passing yards at the half. They were winning by one point. They went into the to the halftime. They went to the locker room, made great adjustments. He comes out, throws it for another one 120. He, throw, he runs for another... 50, 60 yards, a couple touchdowns, and he just dominated and controlled the game. Their defense played really well, contained that offense. They they didn't even allow him a touchdown outside of that special teams touchdown, that punt return. So you got to give him a lot of credit for what he was able to do in this playoff game. He he made accurate passes. He did it from the pocket. He did it with his legs. He took what the defense gave him. He didn't let anybody else dictate the narrative. You know, you hear he was a running quarterback, and then you sometimes get to the point where you want to just totally dispel that. And I'm just going to sit in the pocket and show them I could do this. He said, no, I'm doing whatever it takes to win this game. I'm going to run it. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to score it. We're going to win. And that was, that was really impressive. So you notice off the top, he's, he's so quick to talk passing yards. 
And like, look, 23 net passing yards in the first half is not great, right? But we're gonna we're not gonna sit here and talk about the special teams gaff and what Lamar did do in that first half. It wasn't great, wasn't good enough to to have the lead, obviously, going into the half. And clearly there needed to be adjustments made. But it just seems like and by the way, Richard deserves credit for where credit is due here. He gave Lamar the love that he deserved. Yeah. But at the same time, I go back to like what Bill Polian said the other night on Sirius XM. You know, contain him, contain him, keep him in the pocket. Richard's Richard's quick to talk about the passing statistics and box him in like this. I think it's a perfect segue to talk about Kurt Warner's tweet from today, which was fantastic. Let's get you in here while I get that up on the screen so I can read it. What were your initial thoughts to Sherman's? Yeah, so first of all, to me, Richard Sherman hasn't been, like, I felt like some of the conversations that were on first take were, like, disrespectful, right? Saying that you're not even you're not the Ravens aren't getting their money's worth out of Lamar. That to me was like, that was like, what was even the point? Why would you, why would you even have that conversation so early in the season? Richard, Richard has been more about, he was arguing that Lamar was an MVP because he's a stats guy. He's a stats guy, stats guy, stats guy. So it's like, fine. You wanted to argue that like Christian McCaffrey was, was the MVP or whatever. And so everybody can have that. And there were five people that didn't vote for Lamar to be, all pro MV- or an all pro quarterback. And maybe those same five people won't vote for him to be MVP. And so it's like, fine, you can argue that somebody else is there. So I don't feel like Richard's been as disrespectful, but he's been a stats guy. So to listen to that, even though he got the halftime score wrong, he said the Ravens were down by a point or something like that when it was tied at half. So to me, to me, outside of that, it felt like more Richard had watched this game Whereas maybe in the past he didn't get to as much as a national media member and would go to those box scores because, because I'm sorry. Like you look, if you watch that game, if you've been watching Lamar all season long, you see all of his production is not empty calories. Listen, you go eat a donut and it's empty calories. You're eating all these calories. And for what Lamar is not a, is not a quarterback that has these, that's, putting out production that's these donuts out there right that just like takes up your whole almost your whole daily calorie intake of the day no he's out there chicken you know he's like he's got his protein shakes this and that and it's like everything he does it's it makes the offense go so efficiently you can't watch that game and separate Lamar from the 34 points that they put up on the board so I'm happy to see he gave him a 10 out of 10 even to your point, even though to your point, he pointed out, you know, these stats statistics at first. Uh, but then but by, by, by watching it and seeing it with your eyes, you're like, holy crap, I can't even ex- I can't even explain it with these numbers because the numbers don't do it. Don't do it justice. The numbers tell you, according to PFF, that he was the highest graded Raven on offense with an 83.9 overall score. Kevin Zeitler, 82.6. Morgan Moses, 81 flat. Ronnie Stanley, Ronnie. a great game, even though the biggest storyline of, of his name on Twitter was the whole exchange that he had with Lamar after he clogged up his rushing lane. And now, Lamar- did you notice, though, Bobby, did you notice when Lamar ran in his fi- fourth and final touchdown on the naked bootleg and Ronnie was blocking and Lamar went into the tunnel? Did you notice Ronnie was in there with him and they were celebrating in the tunnel? And then when they came out, they were both posing together. Now, that part I missed. So I just went, it, that part was missed a little bit more on, on Twitter to give Ronnie his due because boy, did he block and block well from, from, for Lamar after that moment. 
I missed that too because I was too focused on Morgan Moses having the photographer's camera in his hands <laughs> taking photos or at least pretending to of Lamar. So yeah, no, but that speaks to it right there, right? That relationship had, has depth. That yep. relationship has la layers. There's trust. These guys have played together and he's protected his blind side for years. Has he done it as consistently in recent years because of availability and trying to get back to full strength as we'd like? No, but that relationship has trust and hopefully that trust uh, you know, pays dividends over the next week as they get ready for their first AFC championship together as teammates. Gordon McGinnis, before we get to this Kurt Warner clip quickly, uh, Kurt, Kurt Warner tweet, uh, Lamar in the first half, 3.9 seconds in terms of average time to throw, sack, or scramble. 83.3% of dropbacks with 2.6 seconds or higher in terms of time to throw. The second half, night and day. Two and a half seconds average time to throw, sack, or scramble. And the percentage so of dropbacks. Drop almost a second and a half. Right. And, that, and in, in NFL terms, when you're sitting back there with pass rushers coming at you, that's a night and day difference. Straight up. That's like, yeah. that's like an eternity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The difference. And then a 36.4% percentage, I should say, of dropbacks with 2.6 seconds or higher time to throw. So that's a significant drop off from that 83.3%. So just important to note because of the halftime adjustments that were made. We'll get more into the halftime perspective from John Harbaugh in terms of what he heard from Lamar Jackson, who talked about it post-game in terms of how much cursing he used. But first, just before we wrap this, this specific topic, Kurt Warner tweeted, I actually love how a decade ago we looked at athletic quarterbacks and said they can't win in the NFL because you have to be able to do it in the pocket, which has always been important and still is. But they're insinuating those players can't do both. Today... We almost make the exact opposite argument. You can't win in the NFL if you don't have that level of athleticism that mm. separates you. If you're just a pocket passer, you just can't stack up. My point is, then and now, playing quarterback is about making the plays in front of you and then somehow going above what others can do with whatever skill set you possess. Quit putting QBs in a box. There's a formula for winning QB play. There's a formula for championship QB play. If you meet the standard in whatever manner, that's all that matters in my opinion. So I'm hoping one day we can appreciate the different ways to be great at the position and realize there's not just one way mm -hmm. then or now. Mike drop Kurt Warner. I hope we get him on at some point throughout this playoff run. That was that was that was very good. That's exactly what I think John Harbaugh's referring to when it has become more revolutionary because yep. there were past guys who probably could have done this, but they're, they were restricted by their own teams and their or own organizations yep. because of that's not how you do it. That's not how you play quarterback. And if you start doing these other things, you're going to get injured and this and that. And so, um, and, and, and by the way, Bobby, I really wish the NFL would also have a new way of putting stats together for quarterbacks because like if you were to go to like a stat page, if you want to go look up Lamar Jackson stats, like it has all the passing stats and then you got to like scroll, 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 go down and find his rushing stats. And then you got to go and you got to add those up with these down here. And then you got to like find the rushing touchdowns and then the, the passing touchdowns. And then you got to find the interceptions and you go find the fumbles and it's all over the place. And it, it, to me, it, like, it, it, and it's deceiving. That's why, like, if you laid out quarterback numbers in a better way, I guarantee more people would be like, oh, okay, this is his full 
his yeah. his or any quarterback because look how much Josh Allen ran. I mean, he's no Lamar Jackson, but he ran a ton right. in that Chiefs game. And Patrick Mahomes will start to run it. I mean, again, it's not Lamar's level, but they'll do it. And so it's like, let's have stats that reflect a more complete quarterback to what Kurt Warner is talking about. To where it's like, this, this is a different way of playing and more and more teams are following suit. And, and so I want to see that reflected in how the stats are, are, are distributed out there. Here is how John Harbaugh downplayed the halftime speech that Lamar Jackson referred to in the postgame press conference on Saturday as one that included a lot of cursing. Whatever it was, it certainly worked. But John said it wasn't what everybody made it to be, which is kind of funny because Lamar was the one that made yeah, it to be it like was that. Definitely so, Lamar. <laughs> so watch his little slip up in the middle of this clip. This is funny. Lamar's determined. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like it wasn't like some crazy thing, you know. I mean, I saw the way it was described. It wasn't like that, you know. He was. He was just. He was locked in. He was determined, and he kind of said some things and. So let's go. You know, it's, this is this is not the way it needs to be played, and we're better than that. And let's go take care of business is basically what he said. So um, I think someone said it was profanity laced or something. You know, uh, he said it was a lot. Of cursing. He said what? <laughs> said there was a lot of cursing. He, yeah, he, he, said, <laughs> he said he said some things I can't repeat. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was I don't think it's like you're imagining it. Honestly, I mean, I don't remember it that way. And I would have. I think I would. You know. Because he's not—he's just not that kind of guy. He doesn't really talk like that. But um, no, it was—it 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 was great. You know, it's good. It wasn't—it was—it was—it was. It was, it was uh, I don't think it's a big story. I think the way he played's a big story. That's kind of—I think that's the even bigger story. But Lamar's a leader. I mean, Lamar is a leader from the beginning to the end in the way he plays, what he says. Guys, listen to him. Uh, the way he runs the offense. I mean, he's just a—he's an A plus plus leader. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So obviously the way he played is the, is the biggest story. Like the, the, the halftime spiel of what he said 
isn't a story unless they go out and play the way they did, the way they, they turn things around. But no, it was definitely Lamar who said it would be inappropriate for me to say. And then he came back later and said, oh, there was a lot of cursing, which is why I said it would be inappropriate. But I, I'm thinking Lamar, like in, in Harbaugh's and the profanity list, I think that I remember reading that. I think it was Jeff and Jeff was, that's what Lamar said. You know, he said he used the word curse rather than profanity, but that's essentially what he said. Um, but like, here's why I do think it's a big story, but maybe, maybe Harbaugh is thinking that we're all thinking that it was condescending. Do you know what I mean? You know how sometimes somebody can deliver a tongue lashing that it's like, whoa, you better back up because now you're being disrespectful. Do you know what I mean? And then there's a tongue lashing where you're like, you know what? You're right. Do you know what I mean? Like, so maybe Harbaugh is thinking that it's coming across that Lamar was like condescending to his teammates, or maybe it was like he went too far. I don't think that was at all how most people took it. You know, um, I think it was more what we saw with what he did with Ronnie Stanley. And then the next minute, one minute he's mad at him, but Ronnie's Ronnie takes it. He's like, all right, all right, I got you. And then it's like, then we're, we're celebrating in the tunnel together and we're like posing for Morgan Moses who has the camera now, you know, or like when, when, uh, uh, likely is like, hey, you got to put it up high for me. You got to put it up for high for me. And Lamar, it's not like M Lamar was on his high horse where he couldn't get feedback. So he's like, I got you. And then he took that feedback. So to me, that is a big story because of the way they played and because leadership has become a story for Lamar this year. And he, and that's why I brought up that Chris Berman interview where Chris asked him, shut up, Lamar, are you a better leader than you were? And he said, yes, because I'm more vocal he goes, they wanted me to be a leader, but I didn't know how to at the time. I was too young. He's like, I was with grown men trying to lead the Baltimore Ravens organization. Like he was open about that. And I think this transformation is part of his story this year. So that's why in this, I, I disagree with Harbaugh. I think it's a big part of the story because of how they responded to what he said. I'm with you. I think there, he felt like it was condescending or coming across as that. And he went into protective mode for his guy. Yeah. When, when really, I just think that he had a little slip up there. Like there's so much happening in a post-game situation, especially when you're heading to your first ever home AFC championship game that I, he may just not have heard it. You know, he may, he yeah. may have heard it in passing PR, maybe have maybe mentioned it to him in passing before his, well, no wait, who spoke first at the podium? Harbaugh was first and he usually leaves and then Lamar goes up. Oh, there you have it. Yeah. So he was probably yeah. just, he was probably celebrating still. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's so much that happens in, in the, the crazy adrenaline-filled moments of a postgame that, yeah, clearly that he was just trying to protect his guy. Um, let's next get to another clip here related to Andy Reid because we know that we're getting ready for this, this Chiefs matchup. We know that Andy Reid and John Harbaugh are extremely close. They work together. Uh, John worked underneath Andy in Philly. We know there's an incredible amount of ties there. There's mutual respect. And Harv spoke about that relationship all these years later at the podium. It's a big deal in terms of uh, the relationship. It goes back a long, long, long way. And utmost respect for Andy, utmost uh, appreciation for what he's accomplished as a coach. Uh, we were together for 10 years, you know, the first 10 years uh, there in Philly. And, uh, uh, you know, we were in a lot of championship games, you know, and a lot of playoff games. And it was, uh, it was, I learned so much, you know, I just learned so much as a coach and, as a person, uh, then competing against him now all these years has been uh, really challenging. I mean, Andy's a great coach. He's got a great staff. You name all the guys, Tom Melvin, Dave Tobe, 
all the guys that have come through there that uh, that we knew from from the Eagles. Uh, it's just a, it's just a very talented group of people and have the utmost respect for them. So, Sarah, as much as this is going to be from a headline standpoint and coverage about the MVP quarterbacks and the longtime head coaches and the star-studded kickers and the great tight ends, right? High-powered offenses, Taylor Swift, the off-field fanfare that comes with the Chiefs. Let's make sure we give due diligence here and, and do our due diligence, I should say, to speak about the defenses. Because mm. Jameson Hensley noted just how star-studded these two groups are. In terms of fewest points allowed, one and two respectively in the league. Ravens, then Chiefs. Most mm -hmm. sacks, we know the Ravens led that category as they did in, in the main three categories as the triple crown, right? It was points allowed, most sacks, and what was the third? Takeaways? Takeaways. And, and so, and the Chiefs are second in that category as well in terms of sacks. So as much as that's going to be the talking point, because that's what's sexy, right? That's what gets the, the, the people going uh, when it comes to coverage. These are two defenses. Well, and it's going to define their legacies, but I totally agree with what you're saying here. Yep. And the few times I've watched, just because Chiefs are on, on primetime, I feel like I've watched them uh, de a decent amount compared to other teams outside of Baltimore. And in the games that I've watched, I felt like it was the Chiefs' defense that was keeping them in the game as they've struggled to like figure yep. out their offense, and they're still plugging away, and you got to give them props for, for trying to overcome all that. But yeah, it's been their defense, and because Patrick Mahomes is there, you you kind of like overlook the defense in the past. Their D hasn't been incredible, but uh, yeah, they're up there. So, I mean, it really is. I, I, I touched on this the other night. It's going to be Mike McDonald versus Andy Reid, right? And then it's going to be um, vice versa. Who's their, who's their defensive coordinator again? Is it, is it Spags. Spags? Spags? It's Spags. Okay. Yep. So it's going to be Spags versus Todd Munkin. And who's going to be able to adjust more, you know, and uh, that, I mean, those are huge, you know, as we always say, when we did the previews matchups to watch. Yeah. And, and by the way, you know, Harbs went out of his way to give Steve Spagnola, who he knows very well, obviously, um, some love for why, why isn't he getting head coaching opportunities out mm. there? Well, I haven't seen him in the cycle in terms of some of these interviews. We'll, we'll get to who the Atlanta Falcons are looking at, by the way, in, in just a bit. But uh, Justin Matabike in the divisional round, according to PFF, while we're talking defense, a guy that's most most certainly going to get paid this offseason, perhaps franchise tag bound. We don't know. Let's see what happens. Seven quarterback pressures, a 21.7% pass rush win rate, and an overall PFF grade of 78.3. The whole team itself, defensively speaking, Jadavian Clowney leads the way against his former team, by the way. We barely even discussed that in the post-game live stream because probably, I don't know, there, I mean, there weren't a lot of sacks. Matter of fact, they didn't record one sack. They didn't get right. to CJ once. Right. They didn't finish CJ once. They got to him. They didn't finish him. But anyway, Clowney was very disruptive, 79.0 PFF grade. Jay Mads, like I mentioned, Matt B, 78 flat. Roquan, 72.6. Marcus Williams, 72.3. Ronald Darby, 69.8, which, of course, was a big story. Ronald was really, really reliable for this team. And along those lines, John Harbaugh gave an update on Marlon Humphrey. But the first part of this clip is about Mark Andrews. Marlon's on the back end. Yeah, we'll just see how he goes. Uh, we're looking forward to it. He practiced last week, and uh, I'm sure he'll practice again this week. And if he's ready to play, he'll play. I promise you, if Marlon can go, he will. If he can practice, he will. I think you'll see it as the week goes on based on how much he practices. You'll probably get a pretty good feel for it. Uh, I'm pretty sure if he can be out there, you know, he'll for sure be out there. So 
uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful and we'll have to see what happens. So a sense of optimism there, especially after Jimmy Smith told me during the pregame show that he does not feel like Marlon's return is anywhere near imminent. He has not practiced at all really over the last three weeks. He missed this past game, as we know, and then missed a handful of games, seven or eight to be exact, um, this season. So that'll be something to monitor once they get out on the practice field on Wednesday. Absolutely. Just for Mark and Marlon's sake, I hope they both at least dress and are active. Now, whether or not they come in and like take on full loads, you know what I mean? But I mean, come on, these guys are are major foundational pieces of this Ravens team. They've been here, two of, two of the guys that have been here the longest that's currently on the team. And I, I just want them to feel a part of it. So, man, uh, like Mark should be good to go, right? Unless he has a setback. Let's get that dude dressed. Let's get that dude dressed. If we still need Likely out, out there taking the bulk of it, fine. But, like, let's let him be a part of this. He's just such a big part of this. And then Marlo, same thing. Even if it's just, like, get him dressed. Uh, but but I'll tell you what, though. Marlon, that does make me nervous. I don't want to sacrifice too much because if you're, if you're hobbled, we can't be messing around with this. We can't let Patrick Mahomes go in deep on, on any of that. So I want him to be out there for – is like as a as a human as a person I want him to have this moment but you cannot I mean he's got to be good to go because we want to keep seeing what the defense did last week and it's going to be it's a way harder assignment as great as CJ Stroud was it's a rookie you're talking about a, a quarterback that's been through it and he's never not been in the AFC championship game is since he's been been here so love Marlo but but you, he just you know, you gotta you gotta be sure. One thing that you talked about that I didn't get to re- react to, Clowney, real quick. We didn't react to it too much, but I saw him do an interview now with the Ravens. I saw him do an interview with uh, Josina. You better believe he loved that that was against his former team. <laughs> he loved it. it's like it's like going against up against your best friend, your brother, your sister in a game. You always want to beat them. So I was super happy for him. He was like a little kid, just so happy that he was able to do that against his former team. Well, it's been a pretty good few weeks for him. He hits his incentives, he's beaten his former team, and now he's <laughs> AFC championship bound. So congratulations to Jadavian, who is having a career. He's having a career year at age 30. Resurgent and then some. It's been a lot of fun. And the fact that the Ravens are doing this, by the way, to the AFC championship game without Mark Andrews, without Marlon Humphrey, without Keaton Mitchell, without J.K. Dobbins is absolutely sensational. Speaking to the depth that Eric DaCosta put together with this team. Before we get to some quick hits and get out of here, a faith-based question was posed to, to John Harbaugh, and we all know that's a main part of, of what he's about as a human being, as a football coach, as a, as a husband, as a father, and, and I thought his, his, re- his response was something that was worthy of playing. Well, one thing that's important here is that, uh, and we've always been this way, is, uh, is that everybody expresses who they are and can be who they are, you know, freely and without uh, apology, you know, and... Uh, we always like to be our best self. You know, we kind of encourage that of one another, and sometimes we fall short. Uh, but we're always striving for that, and we encourage each other to strive for that, you know, and uh, try, try to support each other as much as we can. I need as much support as everybody else does, you know. And so uh, we're really in a partnership here, players and coaches, uh, and, and, and scouts and everybody in the organization, you know, are, are in a partnership. And, uh, and that's, that's the basic part of it. So if faith is a part of, of who you are and part of your life, uh, then it's, it's welcomed, you know? And uh, so 
I don't try to hide that from my perspective of who I am. Uh, it's, it's sustained me. It's, made, it's improved me greatly over the years. It's the only thing I think that really does change your heart, in my opinion, is, is, is faith. Uh, you really can't do it yourself. It's impossible. It has been for me. But uh, the more I trust, the better I get. You know, the more I trust God, the better I get. So, um, you know, I'm not ashamed of that. And uh, I think our guys appreciate it. And everybody, whatever their thoughts are on it, you know, they're welcome. And, we, you know, this is always some good dialogue that way because we got some really smart guys and stuff. But, uh, um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the way we're formulated. I mean, look, Lamar, OBJ, some of these other guys, John himself, ooze, they can't, they can't hide their faith, you know? So I think that's just the way you got to go. Like, you can't, you can't ask grown men to hide some of the foundational pieces of their lives. So uh, it, it certainly seems to be, to be working. Um, and, and I'm glad that he left room for those that may not be on the same page with them and there's conversations and they're, they're open to that also. And really, I mean, whether, whatever, whatever, Wherever you are on the topic, his his idea of like you shouldn't have to hide yourself rings true. Uh, I just love how he speaks with such conviction, right? Mm -hmm. Like he speaks with such confidence. Like he, he he doesn't care. Like he he's fearless in those moments. I just think that's that's that speaks to the who he is. And what was really cool too was like one or two questions prior to that, he was asked a big picture one about how he and Dick Vermeil, I believe, are going to be the only head coaches, and I don't know how long to get to the conference championship game within a 10 year period. Like there was a gap between uh, the, the last okay. time and he just, he wanted nothing to do with it. Like it was a cool question and a cool, like I, I think the reporter was trying to get towards like the longevity and, yeah. and the challenges that you had to overcome, but mm -hmm. he just didn't want to touch it. And then yeah. two questions later, he's asked something that's in his wheelhouse and he gives a compelling answer like that. Like I, th I just thought that was kind of a cool dichotomy. So that's John Harbaugh's from a glance. Go ahead. I was going to say another answer that I really liked is when, when he, he was asked about the fans. You know what I mean? Yes, at, let's at play MIT, that. Maybe, this is part of the, the quick hits maybe, but that was hilarious when they were, he was, he, he flipped from thanking the fans to like, he went into full coach mode of how to coach the fans to get ready for this game. And we had a couple people that called in Bobby after that game, even a day later that looked like they had been through a fight. So if you were coming out of that game and you were there and you did your job and you lost your voice, here's some, some advice from John Harbaugh going forward on how to get ready for this game. Yeah, it seemed like it meant a lot. I'll tell you, the fans, it was meaningful. Even driving out of the stadium, there's still people everywhere, lined around everywhere. And, of course, I rolled my window down, you know, and kind of, you know, yelled and yelled, go Ravens and stuff like that. It was, it was really fun. Uh, it was loud. It was uh, it was emotional. You could just tell how much it meant. And I would I would say that this is uh, this is even bigger, you know. And it's like game day, you know. I think everybody coming to the stadium, everybody watching on TV, you know, just like we tell our players, get a good night's rest, you know, get a good meal before the game, night before the game, you know, get your, get your clock set, uh, get get your, get your game time ready. So spiritually, mentally, physically. Let's be ready to go. Let's be ready to be loud and be proud and rock that stadium. <laughs> See what I mean? He was so relaxed. He was so relaxed. Like, he just, I can't imagine how fun of a weekend it was. And I'm sure Sunday was, was more prepped for the two teams that, yeah. you know, going into the night that he could have been facing. But it was nice to see him in you, that kind you of. You got to uh, be relaxed when you bring it, when you bring that much energy to a divisional yeah, game yeah. and you got AFC championship coming up. 
you gotta, you have to like settle back down for a minute. You know what I mean? In order to like get the energy back built up to go again. Yeah. Justin, Asmodeus, and Julian, wherever you are, keep drinking the tea because you guys (laughs) look like you were bent out of shape, man. All right. So well done. (laughs) Well done. Treat yourself this week, please. Take take care of your body. Take care of your vocal cords and be ready to run it back on Sunday at three o'clock. Somebody who ran it back a lot in terms of energy and 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 his impact on the Baltimore Ravens is Terrell Suggs, who caught up with your friend Kay Adams this week on the show. Talked a little bit about the mask that he used to wear, the Bane villain mask. He also mentioned, which is not in this clip, that he will be at the bank this weekend. Yeah. Like we mentioned, it's going to be a who's who. Who do you think the legend of the game is, Ray? I would like it to be Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Be, like, right? Uh, they should do I, Ray, Ed, and, and anyway. Sis. They and should can do he Ray. come out of the tunnel again? Like, can he come out and do it? I mean, they should you know do Ray, Ed, and Sizz all together. All three of them come out together. Why not? Why can't we have three legends of the game in one? It's AFC Championship the first time since 1971. Let's do it. Run it up. Run, Run it, up. it up. Here's Sizz, though, on, on those of you who care about his former getup. Of course, that was a, a an idea, you know, um, um, you know, brought up by my cousins and everything. And, I'll get nervous to do it, but you know, it's the Steelers. You know what I mean? I got to bring out something for the Pittsburgh Steelers as our rival. So, yeah. Uh, we, we The props is good. The props is fun until the NFL finds you for it and then use it in all your their promotional videos. Did you get fined for that? What did you get fined for that? Uh, I don't remember, but it was in the tens. <gasps> yeah, I got fined for that and the Gladiator helmet. <laughs> you see Kay's face. She's like, what did you get for? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Unbelievable. That's a lot. It's ridiculous. Why can't we yep. have fun with the with that coming out of the tunnel? Come on. Don't know. Come Don't on. Know. Shout out to one of our newest patrons who is supporting us here inside the channel through Patreon this month. We really appreciate him, Charles Harris. Thank you for believing in what we're building. And if you guys are interested in doing the same, your donation, your support goes directly towards the betterment of our channel. We're coming up on a big milestone of 15,000 subscriptions. So if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing and liking this specific video if you enjoyed this specific piece of content. We have a decision made, by the way, on our State of the Ravens that we're going to be doing. It will not be a night State of the Ravens. It's going to be a noon time on Friday. So yeah. Friday the 26th, heading into AFC Championship Weekend. Is when we will, will you be do wearing our... that same shirt, Bobby? Nope, nope. I'm still wearing it. <laughs> uh, I'm in the middle. Wrong, bro. <laughs> yep, I have not taken it off since since yesterday's recording. Uh, I'm not going to get into what's been going on in life right now, but it is a very stressful time. I have not Wait, showered since last night. You, I know that you're stressed, but I I'm still trying to have. I I know I'm I'm trying to laugh with you. I'm now on laugh shirt with watch. Me. <laughs> I'm now on shirt watch. This is going to be hilarious if you're wearing that again tomorrow. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. It's just that, <laughs> look, nothing else. I told you after this win that nothing else mattered. And I was willing to do whatever the heck it takes to make sure that we deliver as much content as possible, it, it, including putting my health, uh, apparently, and hygiene Clearly. at You're- risk. <laughs> <laughs> Which in turn should probably put your dating life in, in jeopardy. Real quick before we close, did we get to, did we get to uh, Mike McDonald's and the Falcons? Thank did we you, get to thank that? you. 
Okay. Get Thank you. So, and I'm just wondering if McAfee was it good? Was his quote good on the on the on the team on the fans? Was it worth? It was, is it worth it, playing? It was pretty funny, but I didn't have a chance to uh, make it PG. So he, oh, he got okay. up there and said right. that you know Baltimore is the most underrated environment in all of the NFL. It's an s talking town uh, full of blue collar people who love football, and okay. and he's been saying that all along. And he was funny, and it was just a it was a good clip. What we also have to revisit tomorrow is Kyle Van Noy's interview with him. There were a bunch of clips from that, none of which were crazy noteworthy, but okay. just cool for him to speak about the team as somebody who's a two-time champ himself with New England, the way that he looks at Lamar, the way that he looks at Roquan, the way that he complimented the bank was a good interview, and, and that, that can be found on YouTube under the, under the Pat McAfee channel. But just to finish things off, second interviews have been requested and submitted now that we've reached – the in-person time right after the divisional round weekend teams can request in-person interviews and the Falcons have done exactly that. Uh, unclear if it's in person, but I know that that's you're capable of, of requesting that um, after the divisional round weekend. So Mike McDonald and Anthony Weaver, a defensive line coach, associate head coach for the Ravens have both been requested for second interviews for their vacant head coaching job. So We'll finish it off there. So next time you'll hear from us, it's a Wednesday morning vault coming up. We will have a game preview this week. Bob Fesco from the Kansas City sports radio industry. Looking forward to having him on. I went on his show earlier today. He's going to return the favor for us. That'll be out on Thursday afternoon. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Tuesday morning vault. A special thanks to this uh, Patreon small business title sponsor. That's our folks and friends over at uh, SNR Laundry Services. You can lo go learn more about them in the show notes. <laughs>